You don't know who you're messing with, pal. I'll eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Hold up, what? We rolling deep, don't sleep. In the streets, bringing heat, making beats. Bass heavy, dropping bombs, hit them hard. On the mic, spitting bars, we the stars. Hold up, what? What? 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 Podcast flow, straight from the underground, words profound. Turn up the sound, get down. We out here, no fear. Breaking through the atmosphere. Hold up, what? Ain't nobody do it like us, yeah. Hold up, what? What? 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 Hold up, what? Episode number 104. Day 49 with no alcohol and day 13 on keto. Keeping that streak alive, feel good, look good, getting better, stomach settling down a little bit, still adjusting macros as we go down the keto path because you add fat, fat is calorie dense, so you're adding a lot of calories, which means you have to eat less of the other shit, but you have to maintain a certain amount of protein because I don't want to just get skinny and lose muscle and strength and everything. It's a whole, it's a process. You just keep shooting from the hip to see what works, but we're going to get into some shit today. We got jellyfish UFOs bopping around. It's also wild card weekend in the NFL, stock market news and forecast for from this past week and the upcoming week. But first, we're going to talk about all the new people at work that uh, we got over the last two weeks. So uh, they arrived during the Christmas break, and it's been a little weird because half the office wasn't there, half it was. And when people were there, when they're trying to get things done, like, that person's not there because they're on Christmas break and shit. So they've been kind of, um, they've been flexible. They've been good team players about this. But this past week was their first time with everybody in the office. And it's always good to see brand new airmen fresh out of tech school, like fresh out of basic training, like like those kind of training environments where they're like under the thumb of the instructor, the MTI they're called in basic training or the MTLs, the military training leaders in tech school. Where like you can't even sneeze without one of these guys coming over to you and fucking getting up your ass about something. So being that I, ha- I haven't been in that situation in going on almost eight years and everyone in my office has been well out of that. And we haven't had any like brand new airmen like that. We've had people come in, uh, but they've been from like other bases. Like they've been in the Air Force already. These are like brand new fresh faces, like bleed blue types. And like they hit you with like the yes, sir, no, sir. Um, they're fucking shaky and nervous because they think they're going to get yelled at. Like they, they think they're going to do something wrong and get yelled at. So they, uh, they're very like timid, but then you see them like loosen up a little bit and like they, they like look around to make sure like what they're doing is like normal. So it's always fun to see that remind, reminds me of how far along I've made it so far. Now I'm like the go, I have to be the go to guy on situations. Like there's plenty of shit. I have no idea what it is, but to them, I'm, I'm expected to know everything. So they come to me with everything and I'm like, there's things I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, but my job is to find it out and then I'm learning too. Or there's just things that I know and I'm like, how the hell do I even know that? Like, where'd that come from? There's some things I've never had to do and or like a situation's never come up. For some reason, I have the answer. Like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I picked it up, but it works. Like we have a kid in our office. He has a special dietary issue and I'm like 
he's like, so what am I supposed to do? Like not eat? He didn't tell anybody this for a while, which was crazy. Um, so I'm like, no, uh, we have to accommodate that. And I think you have to do this process. And like, I had, I was like, I've never had that happen. It's never happened to me. It's never happened to anybody I know, but I'm like, I, I know there's a process for it. And we uh, got that figured out pretty quick or as quick as it can go in the air force or the military or federal gov- federal agencies in general that are just red tape bureaucracy. But yeah, it's cool to see like I'm the no, I'm the go-to guy and I don't I think I don't know shit, but when I see someone that's fresh out of basic training and they really don't know shit, then I'm like, "Oh, I I actually know a lot of stuff." So, it's a confidence booster for me and it's also cool to see um brand new fresh faces that are eager and they aren't jaded yet. They haven't gotten fucked. <laughs> in any situation yet they haven't gotten bent over um getting told they have to work 18 hour days or um no you're not going to go home for christmas situations they're all very um green i think is the term we call them blue i guess because we're in the air force but very new to the game so there's that but we have ufo news which everyone loves to, loves to hear about So for those of you that have been keeping along for a while now, UFOs is a at this point almost a regular once a month segment where we cover the UFO news that's in the news. But recently, um, what's been making headlines is this jellyfish UFO. And apparently there's like seven different sightings of these, but the latest one is just got released from the DOD, the Department of Defense, and it's from... um, sightings over military bases in Iraq, Syria, basically the Middle East, um, where they've pilots and sensor operators have seen these where there shouldn't be anything flying because we're in Iraq and they don't have an air force and we took over the entire country. Same shit with Syria. Shouldn't be anything really flying without us knowing about it. These things are flying around and changing thermal variations. So like they're changing temperatures. Um, so there's all this and that, but this guy, Jeremy Corbell, who's a, I think you ufologist is the term, but I think he's more of a like filmmaker, documentarian type. And I think he's just kind of stepped in shit with ufology, UFOs, and just taking it because he's like the, he's like the go-to voice on all things alien ufos and especially in terms of like disclosures and um like government um classified documents coming out he's like the go-to authority on it now because people come to him with all this information so if you hear him talk he's always confident and like he's very he talks very not fast but very precise there's no like choppiness or anything it's a very straight linear line of what he's doing he doesn't really leave a lot of time for someone to cut in or cut him off and he does sound convincing but then when you hear him say something like i heard this is evidence that's been brought to me from a friend that was brought to him so it's like it wasn't really brought to you it was brought to somebody else that got brought to them so anyone who's ever played the game telephone knows by the end of the fucking telephone line the message that got sent from the first person is completely different so for those of you who don't know who telephone the game telephone um i've only played it probably twice one was in like sunday school like church and the other one was like third grade and you line up in a line or in order i guess doesn't have to be a straight line but it can be a line the first person starts with a sentence right and it's usually like you can say the cow the cow jumped over the moon you pass it to the second kid the second kid goes to the third kid like whispers it to him and then by the end say like 30 kids go right by the end, it's completely different because it got something gets lost in the translation and then one kid makes something up or there's always one asshole in there that either changes the story or something. And at the end, it's completely different or it's not the exact same sentence, which it should be if you're passing all the information over um, efficiently. But that's that's not how it works. 
So whenever he starts talking, this guy, Jeremy, Jeremy Corbell, sometimes he's like, oh, yeah, I have sources. And it's like, what are your sources? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you, but the sources indicate and these sources are from a friend of a friend who knows this person that's in the government. And and it's like, all right, so it's four lines down. It's six degrees of separation at that point. But anyway, he's like the go to guy. He's appeared in front of Congress. Um, he was born February 3rd, 1977. Little biography we're going with in L.A., Los Angeles, California. He's 46 years old. Corbell began his journey in the arts after contracting Valley Fever in 2004 during a trip to Nepal and India. The illness significantly impacted his health and being unable to practice martial arts, he turned to focus to creating art. He recycled materials from local building demolitions in Los Angeles into art installations and since had held numerous exhibitions across the United States. I always thought Valley Fever was one of those things New Yorkers said when you go to LA, you get Valley Fever and you want to stay there. I always thought that's what it was, but whatever. His exhibitions often blend various media, including art, fashion, and film. Notable exhibitions include Death to Life, Factory Girl Exhibition, Icon, Life, Love, and Style of Sharon Tate, Strange Love, and Unraku Art Experience at the Chateau Mormont in Hollywood. Corbella renowned for his documentary work, particularly in the fields of UFOs, advanced technology, and the intersection of science with the paranormal. His films include Hunt for the Skinwalker, based on a book by George Knapp and Colm Kelleher, and the documentary Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. He has released several UAP videos and images contributing significantly to the public discourse on UFOs. These images include these included images taken by pilots and videos of triangular objects filmed by US Navy personnel. Beyond his primary field, Corbell has consulted on such films as I Am Number Four and Boonraku. Boonraku. I don't know. And for video games such as UFC Undisputed 2010, he also launched an art apparel called Icon in 2010. As of January 2023, Corbell hosts the podcast Weaponized, along with investigative journalist George Knapp. The show explores unexplained phenomena, featuring interviews with whistleblowers, scientists, military officials, and others involved in the investigation of UFOs and the paranormal. So this guy's all over the place. Pretty wild career, if you ask me so far, but he's kind of filmed a home in the UFO business which is a good business to get in because you're not wrong until you're right it's like rain dancing right shout out to the native americans that are listening but it's like oh i'm gonna do a rain dance and it's gonna bring the rain if you stand out there and dance until it rains it doesn't mean that you caused the rain it just means that it rained until you danced you know what i mean so he could keep saying there's ufos and you can't prove there's not so he can only win in this situation. As long as he keeps saying it, he can only win because eventually it's going to be like clear cut evidence and a green alien is going to walk out of a spaceship on the White House lawn. And then he's going to be like, see, told you. But all the evidence he's suggesting now could probably be fake. And that's just, you know, the opposite end of his whole thing. So it's not like you take what he says as gospel, but he also can't be wrong until he's proven right. But this jellyfish shit going on. So a video emerged that shows what appears to be a UFO resembling a jellyfish over a U.S. military base in Iraq. The footage captured in 2018 displays a black and white grainy aerial image with a gangly shaped object moving under the airbase. 
moving over the airbase. It has been described as looking like a jellyfish, hence the name Jellyfish UFO. The footage was was released by UFO enthusiast Jeremy Corbell, who we just spoke of, who is known for revealing genuine UFO footage in the past. Nick Pope, a former Ministry of Defense UFO Investigations desk leader, expressed confidence in the footage's authenticity and found it intriguing and hard to categorize. According to Liberation Times, during the incident, the UFO entered a body of water for 17 minutes, then emerged and accelerated swiftly at a 45-degree angle, a maneuver beyond the capabilities of normal aircraft. The UFO reportedly displayed low observability. Observability. What the hell was I doing there? Why did I stumble? I stumbled on observability. I'm going to do it again. Observability. Observability observability, and was invisible through night vision infrared, and lacked signatures typically associated with propulsion maneuver. This has led to speculation about its technology and origin. The U.S. government has a task force, the UAP task force. That's simple as it comes. And they've acknowledged a small amount of data showing UAPs demonstrating acceleration or signature management. The jellyfish-shaped UAP is not new, with sightings reported as far back as 2003 in Scotland and a similar encounter by a cruise ship captain in 2021. However, the DOD's UAP All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office has not specifically referenced this shape in their reporting trends. The incident is part of a larger trend of UAP sightings in military contexts context. Particularly, those are two words that just jammed me up. That's why I fumbled over context, because particularly was right next to it. So context, particularly over Syria and Iraq. I got to learn how to fucking say particularly, particularly. Jeremy Corbell indicated that a Five Eyes intelligent report shows increasing encounters with UAPs by militaries of the United States, UK, Canada, Russia, and Syria in these regions. These incidents have been a source of frustration for DOD insiders due to the lack of clear authority to address these intrusions. So basically, the military is telling you, we don't know what these are. We're going to categorize them as unidentified aerial phenomenon not ufos because they don't know what it is and if they say ufo people assume alien they say uap they're like it is something that's flying in the sky we'll admit that but we don't know that it's anything out of this world and this shit happens i wouldn't say frequently but it is a thing that happens um with pilots because they're staring out into the empty sky where there should be nothing especially if you're fighting a war and the country you're fighting or bombing doesn't have any military Definitely doesn't have an air force. Definitely doesn't have any military capability to shoot you out of the sky. So there shouldn't be anything else in the sky other than you. And you would know if there's other aircraft that you're friendly with or that are flying in the area. So when they see these things, they're like, well, that's fucking different. And they have to record it. And it's a whole thing. So who knows? But this shit is in the news lately. And it's kind of a creepy video because you're watching this thing and it looks like something out of like Star Wars, like the um, the little drone thing from Empire Strikes Back lands on the planet Hoth and starts buzzing around it's like a little floating black thing. And then it finds Luke and it's a whole thing and it locates or it locates the rebel base and then the Empire sends the goons and the big ass ATAT and the ATST walkers blows the fucking base out of off that frozen planet. That's what this thing looks like. It just kind of floats around. But the creepy part is that it's on infrared, and infrared reads temperature change, right? So it goes from dark to light, which means it's getting warmer and colder, and it's just changing, not based on what's behind it, because the background always stays the same, especially in a place that has no water or anything going on behind it. If it was like over a forest with rivers and shit, you'd see different colors because of the temperature of the trees compared to the temperature of the river. Or if there's fog, you'd see the temperature change with that. This is just one plain background. You see buildings, you see dogs running around in the background, and this thing's just floating along. 
not like drifting, but it's like stopping, speeding up, slowing. And then the water part is crazy because it goes into the water and then just takes off. And you're like, that shouldn't have happened. Like what the fuck can go in the water, come back out and fly away? Nothing. So it's creepy. So it's definitely something to watch if you have time. Go on TikTok. Probably Instagram has it. Facebook has it. Just type in jellyfish UFO. You can type it right into Google. It'll come up. It's nothing. They're not trying to suppress it. You don't have to go to some weird website. You don't have to utilize the dark web to find these videos. Like they're out there. They're unclassified now. So you could see them. And if the government's like, I don't know what the fuck they are. And those are the pilots and the military that should know everything that's going on over there. It should make you skeptical about what the fuck is flying around and what aren't they telling us type of situation. So we're going to move on. In stock market news, because I know you guys are all hooked on that. I know I said during the last podcast, the previous week, a little bit of a bull run there. Uh, finished on a high. Great week for the stock market. This week, a little different. little up, little down. Kind of broke even towards the end of the week. Only down 0.03%. So really not that much. Uh, some things were influencing that. Inflation data came out this past week. Higher than expected inflation figures played a significant role in the fluctuations in the podcast. The CPI or the Consumer Price Index for December indicated a month-over-month rise, surpassing consensus estimates. The rise in inflation led to market uncertainty. So the inflation numbers came back, weren't too great, weren't what they were expecting. Inflation was a little higher, still going down, still trending down overall, but still a little higher than um, they were last month. So investors were like, eh, inflation might be coming back. So let's pull back a little bit. But the market didn't really take too much of a dip, just didn't have the gains like last week. Alongside that, there was a decrease in weekly jobless claims, which came in lower than expected, providing positive news for the labor market. So you see you had two competing things there. You had inflation numbers higher than expected, and to counter that, you had the jobless claims. So one was going up, one was bringing the market down. There you go. And then the SEC had a landmark decision to approve spot Bitcoin ETFs, influenced which influenced the market, market particularly. See, I did it again. I saw the word particularly, and I'm like, fuck. And then it made me mess up market. Impacting the technology sector and cryptocurrency related stocks. I'm not really a crypto guy. Made some money on it back in the day that I definitely reported on my taxes. But I don't really fuck with it too much. I keep Bitcoin um, just because you never know. I don't put a lot of money into Bitcoin. It's just something, one of those things to have. It's like, oh, it made me some money. That's fine. If not, if I lose all of it, it's not breaking the bank. You know, I'm not all in on it, Um, similar to how I used to be with crypto. Overall, though, last week, the market experienced choppiness with investors digesting the mix of economic data and regulatory changes. There was a general trend of cautious trading, which was evidenced by the mixed results across major indexes. The sector-wise performance varied with technology showing some resilience while other sectors like utilities and real estate saw declines. So not a bad week, not a good week, just wasn't as good as the previous week. We all know the goal that we're going here is to stay in the green. So last week, I think I finished like two cents below the red, even though it was mostly a break-even week. But if we're keeping track at home, that's one really good week and one mediocre week. But if we're looking ahead to the market for next week, doing some quick quick research here, the presidential election is going to presidential election is going to be approaching and the political climate could significantly influence the stock market changes in policies especially those related to renewable energy could impact market dynamics there's a possibility the analysts 
estimates for 2004 corporate earnings may be overly optimistic. A tapering in U.S. economic growth could lead to adjustments in these projections. This will be important as major tech and bank companies report their earnings toward the end of the month. The markets might be overestimating the number of Fed rate cuts in 2024. Any announcements or hints from the Federal Reserve regarding interest rate changes or economic outlook could sway the market sentiment. So if the, when the Fed does their numbers report and they're like, well, we're increasing rates again by like 1% or they've never done it that five. But if they're like, hey, we're going to raise it again 0.5 because inflation went up. We have to you know, try to combat it. Market's going to take a shit. But if they come out and like, hey, we're going to lower the interest rate by 0.5, get ready for a run. So it just depends what the Fed wants to do. I really want to do an episode on just what the Federal Reserve does and why it just pretty much controls everything in the entire world. But the overall outlook and strategies given given us to given to us by Morningstar is saying to make sure you balance your portfolio headed into 2024. Sectors like financials, industrials, utilities, consumer staples, and healthcare should be spread out or starting to spread out evenly with the outlook not being too certain with the election, interest rates, inflation, and all that stuff. So it's better to diversify now, spread it out so you don't just lose all your money because you put it all on black situation. And that's all we got for the stock market. So we are going to head out of here. We're hitting the 27 minute mark, but overall good week. We got NFL football today, all day today and all day tomorrow. And now Monday, because Buffalo decided to the Buffalo Bills, when they built their new stadium, were like, we don't need it. We don't need a, a uh, we're not going to build a dome over it. We like to play in the elements. The elements are what make it Buffalo keeps buffalo buffalo situation and then it turns out when there's lake effect snow and you're going to be buried in five feet of snow by the time the game starts it is unplayable so they had to move the game from sunday at one to monday at 4 30 because governor kathy hochel new york state governor kathy hochel decided to put out a state of emergency and you can obviously not play a football game while there's a state of emergency so I'm pretty sure if we're up to, up to the nfl they would just be like Play it. Play it six times. Keep playing the fucking game so we can get all this money. Too much bloody money. So today we have the Cleveland Browns going to Houston, Texas at 430. Joe Flacco versus CJ Stroud. We got Flacco. I'm going to go with Flacco winning a dub because he is a veteran quarterback. However, Houston can easily put up 50 points and run through him. But Cleveland does have one of the best defenses in the league. I see Cleveland beating Houston on the road because of Flacco. Love Flacco. Big arm. And then Miami, Kansas City. Everyone's worried about the weather in this game, but it's just going to be freezing. It's like negative five. I think it's the coldest. It's the third coldest game ever played in football history. The other one took place in like 1970 something. And the second one was 2000 or maybe 99 around there. Um, It's not so much. It's going to snow. It's not going to snow or anything. It's just going to be cold and fucking dry and probably windy, I would assume. But the game time temp is like negative five. And who the fuck wants to be outside? They said it's like catching a rock. When you when it throws to you because the it's just every there's no warming anything up and even if you do it loses all the temperature right away so gonna be interesting to see how Miami who plays in 60 degree weather when they're at home travel to Kansas City where it's gonna be about a 70 degree difference <laughs> this time of year so Kansas City's probably gonna win because Miami has not won any game I think they're like one in ten in games that are under 40 degrees Kansas City is like ten and one in outdoor games in the playoffs or some shit. So all the numbers are swaying towards Kansas City. I would love to see Miami pull one out here and get going this playoffs because they blew the fucking division the last game of the season to the Bills after having like a four-game lead with like less than six games left and they fucked it up. So they're on the 
downturn. The Chiefs have been inconsistent all year. This is probably the worst Chiefs team in the last six years, and they don't protect the run really well. So Miami led the league in rushing, so they should be able to rush the ball. However, their rushing is incumbent on them being able to air the ball out to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. So we'll see how it goes. If it's a run game, if it comes down to just running, I think Miami has it, but there's going to be no wind or anything or no snow. So you can still throw the ball. It's just going to hurt like hell when you catch it. So I like to see Miami win. However, on the road in Kansas City and temperatures you're never, you've never been in as a team this year, I could see Kansas City winning this game. But we're going to get out of here. We got to walk the hound. Me and Brady got to do our patrol of the neighborhood. It's funny because last night we were walking before our, it was our nightly walk right before it got dark. Um, we ate dinner. We went out and it's always creepy because he sees things and hears things that I don't right? And he could smell things. So we're walking. And like I've said, like I always carry the knife on me and everything. But there's times when I think he sees something or he thinks he might see something. And it's not that it's not there. (laughs) It's just that I can't see it. So we're walking and I have my headphones in and I hear him, his ears go up and he's growling. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, where the fuck are you looking? Like I'm looking ahead. I'm like, what does he see? He's locked onto something. I cannot see for the life of me what he's looking at. What it was, was a guy unplugged one of those inflatable Christmas ornaments, Christmas decorations to take it down. So when he unplugged it, it like deflated in front of him. Like he saw it. It was like a good 30 yards away. I didn't even notice it until we walked past, but it deflated and it like swayed in the wind. So I don't know if he thought it was coming at us or what it was doing, but he fucking growled at it. It, and I, it freaked me out because I, I didn't know that's what it was until we he was eyeballing the shit out of it when we walked past it. And I was like, oh, it was just that. So we have fun on our walks. He's always looking out for me. I'm always looking out for him. We have a good time. So shout out to Brady Boyd taking care of your boy. And yeah, now we're going to get out of here because after I just said it was 27 minutes, it's now 33 minutes and I'm still yammering on. So hopefully everyone has a good, safe weekend. Enjoy it. Martin Luther King on Monday. So hopefully everyone has off. If not, get a better job that gives you off. So we'll see you when we see you. Stay woke. Hold up, what? What? 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 Hold up, what?